Amen. Praise the Lord. How y'all doing? Amen. Been good. All right, all right. We're going to get this thing started. Thanking God for another day as we get ready to conclude. This will be the last message and everything. Give thanks. Amen. It's going to be the last one. We roll through November. So real quick, I know I had y'all see, sit down, but can you stand up one more time for reading the God's word? Amen. Real quick, Luke chapter 17. You want to turn to it in your Bible, you can. Verse 15 and 16, a couple verses. But I do have it on the screen. And it states, And one of them, when he saw he was healed, returned with a loud voice, glorify God, and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Today's message in the In Everything Give Thanks series is, I got to say thank you. Yeah, I got to say thank you. Uh, I have to. I have to. It's been too good for me not to say thank you. I got to say thank you. So we must be careful not to suffer from short memories. What, what is short memories? See, and gratitude denotes spiritual immaturity. So when we don't have gratitude, we're really immature. Infants do not always appreciate what their parents do for them. Yeah, I never seen a baby saying, Thank you for that bottle yesterday. I appreciate it. I was hungry. Thank you for changing this diaper. Them peas had me a little messed up. I appreciate you changing my diaper yesterday. Thank you very much. Infants don't show appreciation because they have short memories. Their concern is not what you did for me yesterday, not even what you did three hours ago. What are you doing for me today and what are you doing for me right now? See, the past is meaningless, so so is the future. They only care about the present. Those who are mature are deeply appreciative of those who have labored for them in the past, in the present, and also are concerned about their future. So we can't be infants in the spirit. God does so much for us on a daily basis, on a daily basis, along with our past. He has planned for us. The Bible says he gives us a future and a hope and expected end. God gives us so much, yet we, if we only focus on what's in front of us, we won't appreciate what God has done for us. So this series has been fun for me. I hope it's been fun for you. Uh, I pray that your spirit and your heart and your mind has all been uh, impressed to be thankful. You want to be more thankful, more grateful for what God is doing. And having a grateful heart will have you in a place of contentment instead of complaining. Yes, yeah, yeah, I'm content with what God gave me. I won't complain. Last week we came for that negative spirit, that negative Nancy, that side put Sam, that want to throw pity parties and all those people that want to bring all the negative my way and complain. No, we're not going to do that. We're going to be happy in what God has given us. Amen. Amen. He's done so much. We want to show gratitude. And in today's text, we see an opportunity for some individuals to show gratitude to the other than Jesus himself. So check it out. We in Luke chapter 17. And it says this. Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then he entered a certain village. There met him ten who were lepers who stood afar. So Jesus, Jesus is traveling on the road with his boys. Jesus is traveling. He's out there moving. And we don't know the exact purpose of this trip right here. But it's included in the other Gospels. Let us know what's going on around him at this time. Uh, see, in uh, the Gospel of John, Jesus had just raised Lazarus from the dead in Bethany, which is near Jerusalem. So the Bible tells us in this Gospel that he raised Lazarus from the dead. Then the authorities were trying to kill him. So Jesus performed a miracle. Then the authorities were mad at his miracle. So they was coming to try to kill him. So what did Jesus do? He went to a city called Ephraim, which is near the border of Samaria. So that gives us some context of why Jesus is in this area. So let's look at verse 12 again real quick. It says, then he entered a certain village. There met him ten lepers, ten who were lepers who stood off afar. 
A leper is a person that has a disease of leprosy. We usually don't hear about that no more, but le leprosy is a trip. It attacks your joints and your bones. It attacks your skin. It attacks your skin to all kind of uh, rashes and all kind of bumps and boils. Leprosy attacks your whole body. You get ra uh, rashes and your colors change and even redness and ulcers. So if a person has leprosy, it is very visible to everyone. It's not a condition you can hide if you have leprosy. It's not like HIV. You don't know what a person may have underneath them. Man, man, let's they gonna get that blood work. You are gonna see somebody with leprosy. You know they got leprosy. So, so notice the text said they stood afar off. To understand this, we have to look at the book of Leviticus. The whole chapter deals with the law concerning leprosy. So look at this real quick. This is Leviticus nine, uh, starting with verse nine. When the leprous sore is on a person, that he should be brought to the priest. And the priest shall examine him, and indeed, if the swelling on the skin is white, and it has turned the hair white, and there is a spot of raw flesh in the swelling, is an old leprosy on the skin of the body. The priest shall pronounce him unclean, and shall not isolate him, for he is unclean. To isolate the person means we got to move them outside the camp. So the priest, if you come to the priest and you have leprosy, he has to determine that. You got to go through, it's like 50 verses dealing with leprosy. It's a lot, y'all, that the priest had to look and do all these things. And once he determined you had leprosy, you were unclean. So you had to stay outside of the camp. You were not allowed to be inside the camp. These are the couple pictures I was going to show you of what I found. So we get an idea of what leprosy looks like. This is, what, this is what a leper looks like, a person who is struggling for leprosy. Their skin is diminished and, and, and fading. They have all these bumps. So that's what leprosy looks like. So check it out. This is Leviticus verse 46. And he shall be unclean all the days he, he has the sword. He shall be unclean. He is unclean and he shall dwell alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. So he has to keep the lepers outside of the camp. The life of the leper, leper is lonely because of your sickness. No one can be around you if you're a leper. You are contagious, and what is on you has the potential to affect others. That's good. See, I know we're talking about leprosy today, but what about those things inside of us? Yeah, those things inside of us that are not good and, and contagious, contagious, and affect people. So we don't realize that sometimes when God has called us to be a leader, and people follow you and value your opinion and take your advice, and what happens if we're not in God's will, we lead them the wrong direction. I just share my testimony. I remember everybody, all my friends, everybody around me, guess what they used to say? George, you're the reason I cuss. What? <laughs> How you gonna blame your cussing on me? Yes, sir. How do I get the blame? I wouldn't even cuss if I was around you. Yes, Pastor used to cuss all the time. All the time. But it's a trip that people, I was affecting people. I didn't even know I was, but I had some effect on them. It was contagious from being around me, so they said. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> But because we got some unclean things going on with us, guess what it does? It causes us to infect people versus effect people. That's good. Okay. Infect versus effect. What does that mean? When you infect something, you contaminate it. Yeah. You pollute it. You did something that caused damage to it. When you effect a person, you change the results. Yes. You accomplish something. Uh, you come together and make something happen when you effect a person. And I don't know about you, but I want New Creation Church to be a church of Christians that are effective, not infective. Yeah. I want to effect you to be a better husband and love your wife like Christ loved the church. I want to effect you to be a better father so you can love your children and be there for them and show them how to bless you with God. I want to effect you as a single brother, as a single sister, or as a wife to effect you to be effective in the kingdom of God. God wants us not to infect people. See, one thing these brothers had going for them is that they were isolated, but they weren't alone. 
Yeah. It might be some of you going through some things right now, and I'm not the only person going through it. There are some people that can feel your pain and understand your issue. It was 10 lepers with them. So even though they were isolated from society, they weren't isolated from everybody. They had some other people going through some same stuff. Uh, so because I went through something, and because God had, had allowed me to go through this, check this out, I know God is good because he allowed me to go through it. So what does that mean? That I know God is good. I know. I have to know God is good. Uh, I want to go through something in life. I thank God that I went through something because if I know God is good, guess what? I'm not depending on just you to tell me God's good. If I know God's good, if I know God's good, what you say can't sway me. You might not believe in Jesus. That's fine. You can deal with that. You can say what you want to say. But I know he changed me. I know he saved my soul. So if I know God, I'm able to deal with the world and these issues because I know God for myself. And I thank God that he allowed me to go through some stuff. Because if I didn't go through it, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. So don't trip if we're in a messed up situation right now. We're in a leprosy state going through something. Because this is the chance for God to show you that he's real. Yeah. Let's look at verse 13. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Man, y'all miss y'all shout. Maybe I left something down. I'm going to read that again. They lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Because of their distance, they were alone. They couldn't be around everybody. They had to yell to get Jesus' attention. They were somewhere off. It tripped me out, though, because uh, God has been blessing our praise and worship. We've been trying to get to another level every week and go and go. And they've been ushering in the presence of God. And, and I noticed this, that if I don't mind lifting up my voice, that means I'm proud of my relationship. Yeah, that's yeah. I don't mind getting loud. Why? I, because I love him. I don't ma- it don't matter who's around me or who might not believe. It don't matter what's going on. I'm allowed to get loud because I believe in the relationship. Yeah, see, when, you, when, when we go somewhere to our favorite concert, wherever we get loud. When we're around people, we at a party, we're having a good time, we get loud. We're having a good time. That means we're not ashamed of what we're doing. You ever seen people unashamed of the wrong things? They in the store, know they wrong with two left shoes, and don't care about getting loud. So everybody can hear them. I'm gonna let this, I'm gonna let this teller know what's going on. Might be wrong with two left shoes, but because what though? If I'm loud, that means I'm unashamed. So these men, even though they're at the state, they're leprosy, they're kicked out. Nobody wants to be around them, nobody can be around them, they're hurting, they're in pain, but they still don't hesitate to yell, Jesus, Master, have mercy on me. I love that right there. Have mercy on me. When is the last time we put the words Jesus and Master together? Yeah. See, if I'm willing to call you Master, that means I'm willing to recognize I'm your servant. Yeah. Jesus and Master. They just didn't call him Jesus, uh, uh, the physician. Jesus, you're my Master. These men recognize that he's the Master, that he's the Messiah, that he was God in the flesh. So sometimes you don't have to time to throw out a long prayer because life happens. Sometimes you ain't got time to get up all these nice words and get out eloquent because life might hit you right there in your mouth and you're going through it right now. And, and, and so they ain't having enough time to lay out this long prayer and say, God, oh, thee of heaven, oh, have mercy, oh, God, we need to know. No. Jesus, Master, have mercy on me because sometimes life will break you down. Sometimes life will have you going crazy, have you stressed out. You don't know which way to turn or which way to go. And your only prayer might be, Jesus, have mercy on me. Because sometimes when you're in a bad situation, that's the only time you got. That's the only time you got to say a prayer. Amen. Lord, it's me again. Have mercy on me. Lord, I messed up again. Have mercy on me. The doctor said this, but Jesus, have mercy on me. We got to be willing to allow God to have mercy on us. 
verse 14. And so when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourself to the priests. And, this, and so it was, they went, they were cleansed. So Jesus heard them, then he saw them. When Jesus got into their presence, what does he tell them? He says, go show yourself to the priests. That's real power right there. Uh, uh, he ain't laying no hands. He ain't pray. He just gave them instructions. He came, he saw, and said, go show yourself to the priests. Why would he do that? Because Jesus laid hands on a lot of people, right? We look through the Bible scripture, Jesus laying hands on the blind, laying hands, but they had leprosy, so nobody was technically supposed to lay hands on them. I love this. So Jesus, instead of doing that, he's God in the flesh. So that means he can't disobey God's law. See, the law tells you once you've been cleansed from leprosy, you've got to go show yourself to the priest so the priest can check you out and make sure you're cleansed. So Jesus, I love this, Jesus being God, make sure that he follows all God's commandments. Amen. He could have did his own thing. He had power to do his own thing. But he's trying to show us I'm still submitted to the Father. Even though I have all power, I'm still submitted to the Father. So no matter how much power, whatever God gives us, we got to remember we got to be submitted to the Father. Look at this. This is Leviticus. Chapter 14, the Lord of Moses saying that this shall be the law of the leper. For the day of his cleansing, he shall be brought to the priests. So Jesus said, I come to fulfill the law, not destroy it. So Jesus was again showing us again who God is. The priest has to determine if you were cleansed now by doing what God said do. He had to do some crazy stuff. Y'all. He had to examine your body. He had to put oil on his hand, oil on your ear, oil on your toe. They had to go sacrifice some lambs. If you didn't have lambs and couldn't afford them, you had to get turtle doves. You had to do all this stuff before the priest could, de- could decide if you were cleansed or not. That's all the work the priest had to do in those days to determine if you was cleansed. Back to the verse we're at. In verse 14, go show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. Jesus told them to go show themselves to the priests, even though they still had leprosy. Check it out. He said, go show yourself to the priests, but they weren't cleansed. Why did he do that? And look at what the Bible says. As they went, they were cleansed. Man, I miss y'all shout Ah, somebody got to learn how to follow instructions. God heals how he wants to. We're not God. We don't get to pick how he do it. He gave them specific instructions. Go show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were healed. See, God gave them instructions on how to get healed. But sometimes we miss out on our healing because we don't move when God say move. We miss out on our blessings. We don't move when God say move. When he say go, that means go. Go show yourself to the priest. Check this out. And as they went, they were cleansed. Can you imagine having a disease covered in your body? I've seen the pictures I show. Having a disease like that, your body's covered in all these boils and all this stuff is messed up. And your joints is hurting. All these things are going on. Uh, but 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 they as they went, they were cleansed. Yeah. So you mean to tell me as I'm starting to walk, he told me to go to the priest. Some bumps start leaving. He told me to start walking to go to the priest and my skin started getting smoother. He told me to start walking and my joints start feeling better as they went. Check it out. They were cleansed. Yeah, tell somebody else we're walking by faith and not by sight, it's like. Yeah, he said, go. And they went. And as they went, they were cleansed. Sight tells me, I can't go show myself to the priest. I ain't cleansed yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. How can I go do that? I can't do that, Jesus. I'm not cleansed yet. But faith says, I'm going to let God go and I'm going to figure out the rest. Yes, yes. 
I'm going to do what God say. He's going to take care of the rest. Dr. Charles Stanley from In Touch Ministries. Love him. My old preacher. old preacher come on TV forever. In Touch Ministries. Love him. I read a lot of his books. One thing he said in one of his books has always been on my heart. Obey God and leave all the consequences up to him. Yes. That's it. That's it. Obey God. Do what he told you to do and trust him with the consequences. See, we like to do the opposite. We like to disobey God and then beg him for mercy on the consequences. That ain't how he set it up. Obey me and then leave me up to the consequences. Why? Because I got your best interest at heart. And even when it might not seem like it, I'm still working it out for your good. That's how much God loves us. So look at that. Check it out. That's what happened with the text. We have verse 15. It says, and one of them, when he saw he was healed, returned with a loud voice, glorifying God, and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. I don't know how many steps it took for them to know their body changed. Not in scripture. I don't know. I know he told them to go, but I don't know how many steps. I'm not sure they had to walk a couple miles before the leprosy actually started to fall off. The Bible doesn't tell me. All it said was go to the priest. But at some point, they should have noticed their skin had changed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he saw the one, when he saw he was healed, he returned with a loud voice and glorified God. Yes. When God repaired something in my life, I have to return and give him praise. Yes. Uh, when he returned, when he repaired something in my life, I love the description. He didn't just return, but he returned with a loud voice and glorified God. Can you imagine this man skipping down the road, yelling, singing praises to God? Somebody had to notice that that's the old leper man over there. What is he doing? He ain't supposed to be around nobody, but he's running down the street, shouting, hollering, hallelujah, thank you, glory to God. He's done something amazing in my life. Uh, it's amazing we all come together and we praise Jesus. I told you, if I'm willing to be allowed about it, that means I'm unashamed about it. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Not only did he come with a loud voice, but check this out. He fell down on his face at his Jesus, feet. Jesus, Jesus. Falling down at the feet means I come to worship you. Yes. I come to call you Jesus master for yes. real. And this is what I mean it. Yes. See, when we call Jesus Lord, he's saying I'm your master. Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. Yes. We want Savior. Everybody wants Savior. Everybody want to be forgiven for their sins. Yes. And that's what he's here to do. But check this out, though. But he also got to be master. Yeah. Mm. So we want him to be savior when I need a forgiveness. We want him to be healer when I need a healing. But we want him to be master when it's time to obey his word. Yes. Wow. Yeah, we're like, Lord, I didn't, I didn't see that in the fine print. I missed that. <laughs> I must have been asleep in the back of church that day. I didn't see that. In, I didn't see that, Lord. That was, that was somewhere. I, I missed it. I missed it. But check this out. Look at the connection. I don't mind praising his name. I don't mind falling down on my face because I don't mind giving him thanks. Ooh. Look at the connection. I don't mind shouting and glorifying God. I don't mind bowing down and worshiping him because I don't mind giving him thanks. See, when thankfulness is flowing out of me, I got to give glory to God. It's easy to give glory to God because it's flowing out of my heart. I'm grateful. I'm thankful at all things. It's a, it's a book, check this out, it's a book called The Simple, a Simple Act of Gratitude, uh, uh, written by a man. Uh, Simple Act of Gratitude is a book about being thankful. And check this out, this quote he said messed me up. Uh, it said, check this out, until you learn to be grateful for things you have, you will not receive the things you want. Ooh, John Craig, oh, that's man. 
and till we remain grateful for the things we have, we wonder why we can't get ahead. Amen. I mess with my children all the time. They want to get a new house. When y'all going to start cleaning up? <laughs> What's up? I want a house too. When y'all going to start cleaning up, appreciating what God has given us. God ain't going to bless us with nothing better until we take care and appreciate for what we've got. So you got to be appreciative. That's what God has got. The whole thing about God with us, he wants us to be a good steward. Mm-hmm. A steward is a person that, that, takes, that takes ownership and takes care of business for what somebody else gave them. Yeah. God gave us this life. He's given us our family. He's given us good health. All these things he's given us. So when we die, really ain't going to go to heaven. It's going to come down to, of course, did you believe in Jesus, Lord and Savior? But what about your work? How did you do with the time I gave you? What did you do with the body I gave you? What did you do? So it's all about being a good steward. That's what God wants from us. The more we learn how to be a steward, the more he's going to give us. Uh, you ever read a story about the man with the ten talents? He gave one man one talent. Told him to, to take care of it. Gave one man five and gave one man ten. The one that had ten talents, he doubled it. The one that had five talents, he doubled it. The one that had one talent didn't do anything. He was scared. I don't want my, my master to be mad at me, so I'm just going to bury it in the ground. And hope it gain, so it won't gain no interest. It won't do nothing. I'm just going to bury it in the ground. And when God came to collect from the man that only had one, he said, what did you do? I gave you something to do. I don't care what your talent may be. You might not be on level 10. You might be on level 1. But your level 1 is still important to God. He wants you to do everything you can in your, in your power to do. So because he didn't do nothing, God called him cursed, took his talent, and gave it to the one with 10. See, God wants us to be good stewards over our families, over our finances, over our lives, our time, everything. It's all about being a good steward. That's what God wants from us. And we're able to be better stewards when we're thankful. Because we appreciate what he's given us. Amen. 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 So check this out. We're still in verse 15 and 16. Uh, 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 and fell down, verse 16, and fell down his face at his feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. Why did they throw that at the end of the text? What was so important about him being a Samaritan? What does that mean? Why would Luke drop that information right there? Well, who were the Samaritans? The Samaritans were half Jews, half Gentiles. So a Gentile is anybody that's not Jewish. So we're Gentiles. Anybody that's not Jewish is a Gentile. So the Samaritans were half Jew and half Gentile. The race came about after the Assyrian captivity of the North Kingdom of Israel. This is a 721 BC. Certain people from the nation of Israel stayed behind. And they intermarried with the people with the Assyrians. So they started marrying people that were not Jews. So they marrying, they start having these children, and that's how we ended up with the Samaritans. And, and, and it's a trip because through scripture, it tells us the Jews had no dealings with the Samaritans. Yeah, racism and stuff was in the Bible too. Segregation, all that stuff was in there too. Yeah. They didn't deal with the Samaritans. They didn't, they didn't think they was really God's people, so they didn't want to fool with them like that. So it's even a point in the Gospel of John. I don't know if you heard about the Samaritan woman. When uh, she co- Jesus comes to her and says, pour me a drink. She said, why are you talking to me being a Jew? I'm a Samaritan. Y'all don't talk to us. Why are you asking me to pour you a drink? You know, you don't, we don't talk to you. So that's how deep it was. They did not talk to each other. So the Samaritans, check this out. They even had their own temple and their own religious system. They only had the Torah, which are the five, first five books of the Bible. That's all they followed was the first five books. And they kind of made up their own worship from there because the Jews wouldn't worship with them. So they disagreed on the proper place to worship. Uh, early in Luke 9, Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem, and he has to pass through Samaria, Samaria and check this out. Because they don't mess with the Jews, they don't even want Jesus there. Because he's a Jew. So the Samaritans and Jews, like, they had beef for real. They had beef. Like, they didn't get along worth nothing. So I just, I just described how the people of Samaria thought and acted towards Jews 
Check this out. But the man was a Samaritan, ran back, glorifying God, and fell down on his face and worshiped at Jesus' feet. Uh, It don't matter what everybody else think or believe. He from the Samaritans. They don't even want to fool with Jesus and all that. I don't care what y'all think. I know what he did for me. Oh, you miss yourself. I don't care that nobody believe what he's doing. I know what he did for me. So because I know that, I'm able to look crazy and I don't care. I'm able to run around like I lost my mind. I'm able to scream his name and praise him every day at work, at home, wherever, because I know he's real to me. Dang, that's so amazing that there's nobody around him messing with Jesus, but he comes back to glorify God and follow his feet. Uh, 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 my testimony, uh, when I got saved, uh, I was in rapping, I was, I was heavy in the rapping, and we was getting the mixtape, just finished my first mixtape, and then I got saved, like, for real, like, we're not going to the club, bro, I don't, I don't want to do that, like, God didn't touch my heart, this is crazy, I think it's crazy too, I don't know what's going on, but I ain't where I'm at right now, I ain't what I want to do, 23 years old, Jesus, you tripping, man, scope this, we got this to do, I don't want to do it, all my partners, you can turn mace on this, man. What's going on, man? With religious and turn pastor mace on us. I'm just like, hey, man, I just, I, I, I can't do it, man. I, I just, I just don't feel right. But it, it, it don't matter how much they call me crazy. Instead, I didn't want to do this and didn't want to do that. He was real to me. He touched my heart. So I know I might look crazy to you, but I'm saved now. He saved my soul. So I'm encouraged you. It's okay when people think you're crazy. Jesus said this. The world didn't love me, so they won't love you. So why are you expecting people to feel you now that you're saved? Amen. Why are you expecting to understand? you got to have a new creation. you got a new mind. You talk about that last my mind has been transformed. My mind has been renewed. So, of course, we don't click on the same level because we think two different ways. That don't mean I don't love you, though. I still love you. But we think in two different separate ways. So because he's real to me. I want to I want to put that in your spirit because he's real to me. Yes, yes. It don't matter what you say. Because there's so much we got YouTube, we got all the information, we got so much information now. Anybody want to be famous and everybody will take a little section of the Bible and make their little statement without giving you it all. See, 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 you've got to be careful because we live in a society where people are good liars, y'all. You know what a good liar does? Tell a half truth. <laughs> yeah. That's what a good liars do. Tell half truths. Give you a little bit because Check it out. The Bible says our hearts are deceitfully wicked. Yeah. See, deceitful is something different. A lie is a lie. When your kid come in the house and, and, and you ask them did they put something up and you know they didn't and they say no, I may say, yes, I did. You know they lying. Yeah. I'm about to knock you out. I know you lying. I seen it upstairs. <laughs> you know what I mean? Why you lying? You know what I mean? Or we come somebody comes around us and they talking to us and you already got the scoop from somebody else. You like, you gonna lie in my face like y'all. <laughs> Okay, you lying, tell your little story, you lying, all right. We know that they lying. That's, but that, that's, that's cool, that's easy to figure out. But what about somebody that bit that truth with it? Yeah. And then lies, that's deceit, that's something totally different. Yeah. When you put that truth in the story, it sounds so good. Yeah. And they so convincing because they was there at 8, but not where they, but they wasn't there at 12. Yeah. But they was there at 8, though. Yeah. And I can ask my investor, was this, what's your name over there? Yeah, he was over there, but, but, but he went somewhere else. That truth mixed with that life is something terrible. And that's what will get us off track. Yeah. Even as Christians, when somebody comes with something and presents something to us and they have a little bit of truth to it. Yeah. But we, we ain't checked out all the facts. Yeah. So be careful of those that want to get you engaged in something. 
and, and mess up our mind frame. So check this out. Check this out. Back to the scripture. I got me all off track. Praise God. Got me all over here. All right, let's get back to the scripture. Uh, uh, John 17. Check it out. Jesus is talking in the red letters, if you wonder. That's the red letters that Jesus is talking. So Jesus answered them and said, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Ooh, amen. Were there not any found who, who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? Ooh. Jesus asked, did I not cleanse ten? So if he said none would turn but the foreigner, that means some of them ten were some Jews. Amen. Some people that should have known he was the Messiah. Wow. Known his worth. Known who he was. Wow. But they were so worried about what? Going to the priests. Getting back into the world, uh-huh. getting back to their family, get back to doing them. They had no time to thank God. Mm-hmm. I know, I, I, I know you all were walking together. Uh, I know you all experienced the same miracle because I performed it in all your lives. I know you all had to be walking, and your physical experience had to start changing. You all had to start walking and bumps had to stop leaving. You all had to start walking and your skin was going back. Y'all all had to walk. And even if you didn't notice it, which I seriously doubt you did, y'all had to notice my brother turning backwards. Amen. Yeah. Y'all had to notice him going back and say, you know what? Hey, y'all, before I go to that priest, I got to go thank him. Yeah. Y'all had to at least see that. Yeah. So it's a trick. How did none of y'all return to say thank you to God? Wow. If it was 10 of y'all, and I spoke to all 10 of y'all. Only one came back. Mm, wow. See, that's why I got to say thank you. Yes, yes. Yeah, I got to say thank you. See, sometimes God's, God, God, I think God has a great sense of humor. I really do. Because sometimes he gives us exactly what we pray for. Yes, To show us what's truly in our hearts. Yeah. You ever been in that place when they pray, Lord, Lord, if you get me out of this jail, yes. I ain't going to never do it again. Lord, if you do this one time, I'm going to church every Sunday. I'm never going to miss. I'm going to join the usher, deacon board, praise team, whatever. Lord, I'm yours. Use me. If you get me out of this one last time. And what does he do? He really get us out. That's our time to live up to the other end of the bargain. And what do, 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 we, do we thank him and go on doing what we want to do? Or do we sincerely thank him and say, Lord, I'm going to live up to my end of the bargain. I'm going to come down, falling down at your feet. I'm going to come down and make you master now because you did what I asked you to do. And now I'm thankful for what you've done. I'm really thankful. See, thankfulness is shown by our actions. I hope that I painted that picture that in the midst of thankfulness, it'll show up in every area of your life. When you're a thankful person, people want to be around a grateful person. Your attitude is contagious. Because I might be having a bad day. Because you say something good in my life, it helps me out. My grandmother, my grandmother Thomas, wrestler soldiers trip me out. No matter what the weather was, it could be storming. It could be snowing. It could be hellin' outside. She'll sit on that porch and say, it's a beautiful day outside. And as a youngster, I'm like, Grandma, I'm tripping. It's nothing beautiful about today. It's a mess out here. Can't go nowhere. Can't do nothing. But as I got a little older, Amen. and I realized that tomorrow ain't promised, that if he allowed me to open my eyes, it's a beautiful day outside. If he allowed me to breathe, it's a beautiful day no matter what's going on. So a thankful person makes you want to be around them. You love to be around somebody that's thankful because guess what? If I'm thankful, I'm not too concerned about myself. 
Because a person that's not grateful always push themselves first. Yeah. It's about me. I need this. I need that. I don't care about your needs and what you got going on. An ungrateful person because they want all the attention. But if I'm thankful, I don't mind serving. Yeah. You think about Jesus all the time. How many times he gave glory to God and thank God. But I love Jesus. He wasn't just a leader. He was a servant leader. Yeah. I'm going to help you out. I'm going to let y'all roll with me for three and a half years and give y'all everything y'all need to know. I'm going to get on you when you mess up. Don't get it twisted. But I love you enough to, to get you right back in line. I'm the good shepherd. So a thankful person is someone we always want to be around. Look at verse 18. Uh, uh, were there not any found who returned to give glory to God? Uh, were there not any found? See, being thankful is about one thing, really giving glory to God. It's about realizing this. Check this out. He's been better to me than I've been to myself. Amen. Yeah. And he also been better to me than I deserve. Yeah. So we think about what we really deserve. We think about all the things we've done through all this time. All the time we did so bad, God, whether we knew we were doing it or we didn't. We all have traveled and lived a life of sin. He's still been right there waiting for us. Loving us. Waiting to put his arms around us. So he's been better to me than I deserve. So Jesus makes this point. He shows us that it was a foreigner who came back. The Jews thought because they were God's only chosen people, they got passes. We got to be careful. God is a just God. God don't give out passes. If don't nothing show me better than that is Moses. Because Moses didn't get to go into the promised land. And Moses was, it said nobody on earth walked with God like Moses. I'm jealous of Moses. <laughs> nobody on earth walked with God like Moses. Yeah. But because he did sin, he didn't get to get into the promised land. He got to see it, but he didn't get to go in. So that, first, that, that, that story of Moses always reminds me that God don't play the favoritism. Yeah, nah, he don't do that. He don't get passes. He don't get passes. He's a judge. If he did, he wouldn't be a just guy. If, if he let some people slide, some people didn't, he wouldn't be a just guy. So, so, so at one point in scripture, the Jews told Jesus, look here, we Abraham seed. We ain't got to listen to all what you're talking about. We Abraham seed. Jesus said, hold up. God can make Abraham seed out of these rocks right here. You know who God is? God don't need y'all. He chose y'all to be Israel. He don't need y'all. See, they thought they got passes. So the only reason you were Abraham seed is because God did it. Check this out. God is still doing this today. Uh, I'm not from a church church culture. I'm not from the culture of church. I wouldn't say I fit in that box. I would be considered a foreigner in that realm. Uh, I meet pastors and they always want to talk. Who's the pastor? Is dad a pastor? Is mom a pastor? Uh, some, 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 some. You know, this pastor. And I'm like, I don't know. None of the people y'all talking about. <laughs> yeah, uh, God saved me, changed my life. I fell in love with the Bible and now I'm a pastor. Praise God. <laughs> I don't know all that stuff. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't do church talk. I, I'm, I'm different. I, you know, pastor such, 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 you know, nah, I don't know none of them. None of them. I know about five of them in the city, praise God. But check this out, though. But I would be considered a foreigner in that, in that realm. And, and, and I give God thanks for my life and for my wife and whatever he's done for me. And, and dedicated to his word and dedicated to loving him. Not perfect, no, but dedicated to loving him. And check this out. Me being a foreigner, I believe because of my ability to give him thanks and praise, he's called me to this office. Yeah, yeah. Being a foreigner, why? Because I'm thankful. Yeah. Yeah. See, I realize this. Being thankful also makes me realize this, that God can do all this without me. He can do whatever. He ain't got to do none of us. But since he chose to include me, I shall give him glory. Amen. Since he chose to include me, because he can do all this without me. He don't need none of us. But because he involves us into it, we got to give him glory and be thankful that he thought none of us to put us in the mix. Amen. 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 We, we almost done. Look here at verse 19. And he said to him, arise, 
Go your way. Your faith has made you well. The one that came back, Jesus said, he came down, bowed at his feet, worshiping. He said, arise. Go your way. Your faith has made you well. Jesus used the same expression other times throughout the Gospels when he healed certain peoples. He, uh, he told them, your faith has made you well. Jesus was letting those individuals know that their confidence in him has been the source of their restoration. Their confidence in him is the reason they were restored. The power of Jesus is what affected a cure on their life. But his power was applied in connection to their faith. So we want to see God's power move in our life. But what does it take? It takes faith. Jesus talked so much about faith when his disciples wouldn't believe. What did we tell them? Oh, ye of little faith. Do you not know I'm with you? So Jesus is telling us that if we want his power to show up in our life, it's a connection to our faith. You must really believe. Think about it. The power of a mustard. Jesus said you believe with the power of a uh, size of a mustard seed. You know how small a mustard seed is? Y'all seen the mustard seed? It's like a period on your paper. <laughs> That's how small the mustard seed is. like a period on the paper. So he's telling us that if our faith is that size, we can do, we can get great things from God, or we can accomplish great things. Yeah, yeah. So are we really operating in faith? Yeah, wow. Your faith has made you well. Just as the faith that some of us have enabled them to receive a healing. But check this out. Your faith gets you somewhere. And so if our faith can get us things from God, our healing, things we need, our lack of faith can also slow it down. So we don't always understand God's purpose and plan. Because check it out. Jesus, he healed a lot of people, but he didn't heal everybody. Jesus did a lot of healing over throughout the Gospels, but not everyone got their healing. And sometimes people receive healing and didn't even have the faith yet to get it. But Jesus still healed them. To show them God's goodness and God's glory. So we don't know always what God is going to do. We don't understand his purpose and his plan. But I know this, that your faith can make you well. I have to believe God until the very end. I'm not going to accept no until it's no. God is trying to tell us to keep our faith to be made well. And truth be told, to be made well is not always on earth. Sometimes being made well is for him to bring us into his presence. We might, everyone might not get a chance to get their healing on earth naturally. Your natural body may never get healed. I don't know what God wants to do. I believe he can. Don't get it twisted. I believe he can. But it's ultimately his purpose, his plan, his kingdom. We don't know what his grand scheme of things are. I believe God can. When Serenity was laying there, I prayed for her. The doctors told me it was over. I continued to pray and pray and pray and pray. So I knew for sure he didn't revive my baby, but it was part of his plan. Because he seen something else that had to happen. So while God don't always do the healing, but guess what he did? He might not always heal us in the natural, but he heals us all spiritually. Yeah. Your faith makes you well. Why? Because even if I don't get healed on earth, he died on the cross for my sins. Yes. Even if I don't get my healing, my breakthrough, whatever God I think I should have on this earth, he still give me the opportunity to experience heaven. Yes. I have a reservation in heaven now. So it don't matter because anything on earth can't compare to heaven. Yes. Amen. So I want to encourage you that if you believe in Jesus yes. Yes. as your Savior, yes. pray, be thankful, be grateful because he can do anything in your life. 
but why you might not get everything down here on earth. You might not get that healing that you were looking for. He heals you spiritually. He's cleansed you by the blood of Jesus. You have a ticket into eternal life. Yes. Quick little story and I'm done. The children of Israel one time were in the, in the wilderness. And uh, they had been lack of faith. A great formation of a lack of faith. God had gave them man. They gave them bread from, from, the, from heaven. Gave them bread from heaven. They were mad about it and wanted to go back to Egypt. He gave them quail, birds coming down, killing themselves so they can eat. They were ungrateful. This ain't this. This ain't that. This very ungrateful people. And that's why they spent 40 years in the wilderness. A, a small trip. Took them 40 years to get to where they needed to be. Why? Because they were ungrateful. Ungratefulness can block your blessings. Amen. So they were very ungrateful group of people. So they're in the wilderness now. And God had just kind of got you know, fed up with their ungratefulness. So some serpents just come into the camp and start biting everybody. Poisonous serpents. So people are sitting there and they're dying. They're screaming out, Moses, help us, help us. The serpents are biting us. Moses, help us, help us. So Moses takes a staff, makes a bronze serpent and put it on the staff. If you notice, that's the sign for a hospital that's on ambulance. That serpent on the staff, that's from Moses, from the Bible. So he holds up this bronze serpent and he says, whoever looks at this serpent will be healed. If you just look at the serpent on this, on this stick, on this staff, you will be healed. A lot of people died that day. All because they didn't have the faith to look up at the serpent. Those who looked at the serpent were healed instantly. See, God gave us as a, pre, a, pre, a pre, premonition of Christ that if we have enough faith to look at the cross, we will be healed. God wants to heal you. From whatever it is, he wants to help you out. He wants to bring you to a place in him where you're comfortable and confident and loving on him. But you got to look to the Savior. Your faith has to put you in a place where I know what he's done for me. So I know what he can do and what he's capable of. Yes. And God can do anything. Amen. Amen. So you got to praise in this place. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.